Hello, hello. Uh, it is a good evening over here. Uh, I'm not too sure where you guys are listening from, but uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle, uh, and we're here today on the Turn One Scoop. Welcome back, you guys. Oh shit, that's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also have my co-host, Pablo. That's, that's okay. Hello, Hi. Pablo. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Pablo here reporting from the uh, lightning bolt infested reaches of Valakut. I don't know why a volcano is spewing out lightning bolts, but th that's where we're at. And hopefully that's going to be our clue for this week's episode. What's this week's episode, Michelle? We're talking about red. Ah, uh, yes, red. Red, red, the most honest <laughs> yeah. color. The most oh. honorable color. The most, basically, what uh, I used to think green was. I love red. Red's the best. I don't ever really play it, but, you know, uh, <laughs> great color. Yeah, there's not a color that I dislike in particular. Uh, I would only say that red is probably my m least well-known color. Well, I like red because it is the most, uh, like I was saying, honest of colors um we were talking about how uh red uh not red uh how black was uh honest in its own way like you can always tell what red or black damn it dude you can always tell what black is doing um from afar but there's always uh something that you have to worry about like the ulterior motives of somebody who's playing black when you see somebody who's playing red, they are very uh, straightforward. They're going to tell you what they're doing. There's no sneaking around or anything like that uh, because it doesn't matter if you're sneaky. You're still going to get hit by one of these <laughs> one of these lightning bolts either way. Uh, which is true. I would say that red can be summed up by very simple, very simple terms. Uh, very, very passionate. Very emotional, mm -hmm. very impulsive, mm -hmm. on the nose, on the go, always looking for adventures here and there, never stopping. Yep, and also, um, in the softer side of red, it is also the color of uh, compassion. Um, that's why whenever you go into uh, a few of the lore characters in red, uh, they tend to be the most loving uh, they're also the, uh, the the people who end up being the most, uh, not eager, but like ends up uh, hurting the ones they love the most uh, easily. Red is, uh, honestly, it's just, it's just such a good color. It's just such a good color. Good people play red. Yeah, I feel like lore-wise, I would be very much so in tune with red. Uh, that being said, gameplay-wise, I... I it, it's kind of like maybe maybe a little too impulsive okay uh maybe a little too quick on the toes i'm not i'm not that big brain all right yeah uh well, i mean i guess red is not a big brain color no uh, yeah I not at all <laughs> i mean it, it is it is sort of big brained but <laughs> if if you play red it's basically managing the hate since red is a color that you're, you're always like every enemy that you're playing with knows where you're going for, like as far as damage or whatever effect that you have for red. It's about uh, managing how much hate you can take back. That's about, I think, where the big brain aspect of red is. Yeah, well, uh, that makes sense that I'm not as like super in tune with with really how red plays, just because I'm I'm more kind of I'm gonna slow down. Yeah, kind of think of what I've got in my hands and maybe figure out what my next step is going to be. Well, like I was saying, you actually have a lot more 
on the receiving end know how to deal with the red than uh, you might think you do. Because here's the thing. Uh, our co-host, uh, Michelle here, plays Marisi. And the thing about Marisi is, like a lot of other mono-red decks or red-heavy-leaning decks, Marisi will always get a lot of hate. And for red, it's just juggling, especially in EDH where you have four people trying to go against you at the same time. It's about juggling that hate. It's about knowing which person to bully. <laughs> <laughs> and making sure which person can't hit you back. Um, which is, I think, why you're having a little bit of trouble with Red Michelle, because you uh-huh. really need to know who to hit. You need to hit somebody with Red. If you're playing Red, you need to hit somebody, and you also need to make sure that they can't hit you back. I think you got the hitting part right, but you might not have the direction of which person to hit. Uh, See, down you know, this just is yet. A, this is why I like Marisi because essentially what you do with Marisi, uh, at least what I do with Marisi, is that I just I just hit everybody. Just touch, not even hit. Just like I'm gonna poke you, I'm gonna poke you, and then you guys fight each other. I'm just gonna sit back and make sure I poke each one of you every turn, and everybody fights each other while he just sits back and laughs, laughs in your face while he sits behind his pillow fort. Well, that's usually how it works out with um, Marisi. Uh, Other red decks probably don't have the luxury of that, so they just have to make sure to uh, pick their targets accordingly. Um, It's not like black or white uh, who can, like, pick apart everybody in about the same rate. And it's not like uh, blue, which is going to wait to see what's going to happen. And it's not even like green, because green is a little bit like red. It needs to hit and it needs to figure out where to hit but the thing about green is like the things that they hit with usually also end up being their biggest defenses um mm-hmm. red usually doesn't have anything like that so it's it's all about directing that laser you gotta you gotta fire that cannon at somebody or else you're not really doing anything at all yeah well which is why red is just kind of scary to me because i'm like oh no uh, i don't like people looking at me okay because i feel like red like he said does bring a lot of hate and I don't want to be hated. Red is the most, absolutely the most proactive color out there. Um, it's It shoots, like, way further ahead than uh, white. Uh, green's still, like, in the same race, but obviously the uh, fastest color is always going to be red. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in the, the short game, the long game, uh, red kind of fizzles out a little bit. And so uh, if you're playing red, you want to be quick speedy and make sure you do all your all your damage at somewhere near the beginning because once it gets kind of late game uh it becomes kind of difficult to catch up with um everybody else who may have already built up their boards to be big and scary yeah uh red is the first to throw a punch but red is also the first one to die so keep that in mind make sure that everybody else is dying faster than you we we have uh, I, I guess uh, a, a red player uh, for a while he only had the this one Boros deck and then uh, it was very consistent that he would do shit tons of damage but he would never really win anything really because then we just kind of like uh, either target him or eventually he just runs out of steam and we're just like ah whatever not a threat yeah so red does have that problem of running out of steam and. If you're playing red, sometimes targeted removal really fucks you over. I think one of the biggest uh, defenses that red used to have was that it used to be the the person picking you apart was blue because, you know, spells or whatever coming in and out. But 
Red eventually started building up a lot of anti-blue uh, measures. They had red elemental blasts, <laughs> pyroblasts. Huh? Yeah, the, it seems so oddly specific, Pablo. Well, they did make more anti-blue specifics, sure. <laughs> they, I think, they spent way too much time giving it defenses for blue that they kind of forgot that if white or black are also in the mix, their targeted removal kind of fucks red over as well. Now red is... It spent way too much energy uh, stopping blue that the other colors have a easier time uh, targeting him than it used to be. But yeah, that pretty much just kind of also just goes along with the lore for, for red as well, right? Yeah. So let's get back uh, into that. <laughs> red... <laughs> Red is a uh, you know as we've kind of you kind of see here super duper impulsive so very uh, very so not much thinking just jumping right into the action and a lot of times because they do just jump right in as we said earlier um, they do build up very very quickly and so you know um, they are the fastest color but at the same time because they are just on the nose on the go they don't really think ahead. Uh, and sometimes that can be kind of to their own detriment. How about this? Talk to me about the symbol, because I always thought that red had the best symbol out of any of the uh, other magic yeah. uh, colors. You mean fire? Yeah, but it's cooler yes. looking. Like, skull, yeah, oh, fine, whatever. Water wrap, sure. A, a, a tree, boring. The sun was kind of okay too, but the the sun has never been consistent. But red's fireball symbol, perfect. Kino. I hate to, I hate to burst your bubble here, Pablo. Uh, unfortunately, I have never been one to really care for fire anything, or I guess really red anything, really. Because uh, wow. I always thought it was kind of overrated. Okay, wow. not that it's overrated in magic. Look, I mean, like when. Uh, watching Power Rangers, I always thought the Red Ranger was always the most boring, okay? Red? Fuck that shit. Fireplaces? Fuck that shit. I, I see. Okay, and this is why you're <laughs> cold, Michelle. Red is great. I, I actually um, I actually do want to play a little bit more Red because honestly, Red does look very fun. Uh, it does seem like, you know... I, I just like the idea of just sitting there with, with my red cards and just hitting people in the face and not having to worry about counter spells because I can't do anything about that, dude, if yeah. I get countered. Oh. Red does teach you to be brave, which is one thing that I think everybody in Magic has to play at one point or another. Um, if you're playing green or if you started playing as green, uh, you don't need to learn this lesson as, as well. Red teaches you how to be brave. Uh, the other colors, uh, the Esper colors especially, sometimes you get too lost in the weeds. Sometimes you're getting too much in your own thoughts. Like You have all of these plans and actions that maybe, maybe in a 1v1 game wouldn't would actually come to fruit. Traditional 1v1 60-card magic, being Esper colors, being that controlling, being that spell slingy, being that calculating, uh, helps. It really does. That's uh, perfectly valid. But one thing that Red teaches you in EDH and Commander is how to roll with those punches, how to roll with those unexpected scenarios, how to roll with cards interacting in ways that you'll never really understand. Because while some people lay their plans out, somebody else could just be playing some sort of you know weird blue interaction shuffle uh, effect 
and then everybody's plans get scattered. If you're playing red, you always have this focus and clarity of knowing exactly what to do, even if somebody disrupts your plans, because your plan was always that simple to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, definitely a really good way to put it, and definitely helps me realize why I am very afraid to play red. <laughs> I would say if you have a red... Well, here, if... It's, Marisi. Marisi. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying... um. I think it would be a good exercise for everybody who plays EDH just to borrow somebody's mono red deck for like a week or two and only play with that deck um, or at least play your majority of the games with a mono red deck because you, you can't be a coward in EDH. You can't play around cards that you know you'll never be able to counter or never be able to interact with. Uh, if you're playing in in uh, Draft, the other format that I absolutely love, you learn this lesson very, very quickly. If you mm-hmm. cannot deal with a card that an opponent is playing, you just have to pretend like it doesn't exist. You just have to keep going. If you play too much of uh, the control colors in EDH, you sort of lose this perspective because you can always say, even though I'm not going to be able to plan around this one person maybe i can plan around this other person which is kind of like a comfort blanket like it doesn't actually solve the problem of you not being able to react with whatever is coming from the other person at all and you're just worrying too much about too many things at that point mm-hmm. and, and does that also kind of lead into um the Esper colors uh, generally having a lot of control, but not so much the means to like definitively win games unless you actively add like, oh, and this is what I need to win. Yeah, uh, Esper colors mm-hmm. need the combo. Esper colors need the combo. If you don't have the combo, I mean, there's ways for Esper to win. Like you know, there's there's always just a uh, good stuff mill or infect or something like that. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, Esper has less of a time uh, getting through that final punch. The reason why red, even though it's kind of uh, maligned as one of the weaker colors, is still in some of the top, top colors in CDH is because it gets shit through. It will absolutely get shit through. It won't care about what's being put in front of it. It will find a way, just like life, even though that's green's thing, uh, red can you know, steal a little bit from them because green's stealing from everybody else anyway. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's about, like, confirming the kill. Red confirms the kill. Uh, and then on that note, too, uh, I, I would actually just suggest playing a little bit of all the colors just to get acquainted with what some of these things do. That way you know, uh, or you're more, you're more familiar with it. Uh, you know either how to deal with it or if you're in a situation where it's like, oh, I want to play... Uh, a color that I normally don't want to play, then it's like, oh, look, I have maybe a little bit of experience. We can work with it. The thing about magic is if you're a magic player that gets drawn to the game by yourself naturally, you usually end up being two people. The Timmy that is there because, oh man, cool monsters. This is kind of like Pokemon, but for adults, you know, like, wow, look at look at these things that I can put my imagination to and yada yada. The second one is, are the people who look at magic like, oh, this is, this is like cards, but chess. This is a puzzle. This is, I can use my brain to think my way out of that. Those two people uh, sometimes don't think about the confirming kill uh, mentality 
and that's why red is such a good color for uh, people to dip their toe into because it forces you into a, a way of thinking that isn't in the majority. Red is not the thinking of the majority in magic. Some people will think that red is too boring. Some people will think that red is too simple. The fact of the matter is red is also the strategy that is the least used in EDH or in big multiplayer magic. Because cause in, cause in 1v1 magic, in two-player magic, like red is a very universally um, universally known color. There's red deck wins, and there's just a bunch of red decks in the meta always in any sort of um, standard environment. Red gets through. Red gets mm-hmm. through. You have to... Even if you don't link it with the color, you have to know when you need to get a card through. So even if you're playing Esper, sometimes you just have to have that red mentality of... I need to get this through. I need to play this now. I know that it'll be more value in three turns or something, but you won't reach it. Red will teach you and give you that honed edge of, you got to do it now, buddy. You got to do it now. In which case, would you say that red is a pretty solid like beginner color if you're you're just getting into magic? Or I guess a, a fundamental um, color to, to learn. Yeah, uh, red and green are always going to be the easiest, most clear-cut, straightforward ways to mm-hmm. to teach people magic. I think, and this is just you know philosophy stuff, or you know this is this is theory junk right now because you know it could be different. The decks that you will need to give to somebody to teach them how to play magic always have to be green or red. Because if you give them a white deck, or at least you know uh, green or red, they're, they're, the the decks that you give them have to have one of those two colors. If you give them mono white, uh, they'll end up being too turtly of a player. If you give them mono blue, um, they might get the wrong idea that magic is only for like these weird uh, pseudo calculations you have to make in your head. And if you give them mono black, black is a tougher color for you to begin with uh, because you don't know the resources, right? Like we were talking about this in the mm-hmm. black episode. Black is about changing what resources you have. If you're starting in the game, like you don't really like have that in your head, going like, "Well, mm-hmm. the cards in my hand, my graveyard, my life total, all of those are resources." In your yeah. head, it's just my lands and my creatures. Those are my and, resources. and not to mention that those are all like keywords too. So if you're just starting, it's kind of like I, I I know what these words are. I can't really correlate uh, what what these words kind of do all together. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, black is, uh, well, a fun color. Uh, probably not a beginner color. Yeah, there's a lot unless of Unless you just balls to the walls, or unless you combine black with, um, green or black with red. Yeah, exactly. You need to have black or, not black, green or red as one of the teacher colors. Because green is, is pretty simple. It's like, ah, right, um, the numbers on these creatures is the amount of damage they do. I swing, that's how I win. And in Red's case, oh, the number of the damage is listed right here on the card. I use this spell, and that's how I win. And then mm-hmm. you get the ball rolling, and then they'll learn nuances afterwards. But red and green, very much uh, what I would say is, uh, you know, the the colors that you need to start off the game with. Yeah, and then speaking of green and black, our ally colors for red are, well, uh, green and black, black and green. Oh yeah, the Jund Shard. Jund! Yep, uh, the hot, steamy jungles of Jund, Alara's um, 
I, it, it, only a side story here, but my first mythic that I pulled for Alara was Karthus, uh, Tyrant of Jund. It was a, you know, is a, a red, red, green, black uh, dragon. Pretty cool guy, mm-hmm. haste, right? Uh, but that's that's what I remember the most about Jund. Um, we can get into it a little bit. Are we doing Jund as a shard first before we do? Uh, the single ally pairings or are we doing the ally pairings before we get into the wedges we can introduce the allies and the enemies uh that's kind of what we've been doing for previous four okay all right uh, well so that's jund um land of volcanoes land of swamps and forests God, for... it sounds like a humid place it it Disgusting. is like Disgusting. if you if you look at any of the uh jund cards not even the ones that are just from alara it always seems like the it's a photograph that's taken through like a a really weird uh filter of fog <laughs> just cuz that's cuz everything's always this weird tint of like sunlight gold cuz it's just so hot it's a heat shimmer all the time wow gross yeah a lot of insects yeah. in jund yeah <laughs> and then of course the uh enemy colors are white and blue yep. red white and blue before the wedge was called Jeskai, it was called America, and I do I do miss when it was called America. Um, very very nice, uh, very nice uh, wedge though. Uh, it's not as it's not as um, competitive in CEDH as I'd like it to be, but this is the wedge that I find myself drawn to more and more nowadays. It's the wedge of Narset. Uh, yeah, free yeah. spells, big spells. This is the color combination if you want to make sure uh, that you're going to get paid off every time you cast anything uh, huge that isn't well, a creature. Got, oh, well, you've got the like kind of calculative uh, side of blue... And then white offers you the protection, and then red just kind of just big punch, 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 punch. Yeah. So it, it just it seems like a fun color combination. Well, I mean, you still have all the the bits and pieces of control that blue and white give, but when it's when it's all three together, they they take reds they take reds lead more. Uh, you'll see a lot mm. more just lightning bolt fire effects. Just you know, ah, I'm just gonna zap you or. Um, you're gonna see more of these. Uh, this creature right here is gonna just uh, deal its d- damage directly at you and stuff like that. Oh, I see. I mean, either way, it does sound like a fun color combination. Uh, albeit, uh, I don't, I don't have any decks that are Jeskai yet. I, I, I would say give Kaikar a spin because. Ooh, I've seen Kaikar in action. Dude, Kaikar is a pretty cool guy. Um. Usually he ends up being combo, but very easily you can turn him into a spirit or bird tribal if you want to. Plus he's ramp. Plus he's ramp. Back to the birds, baby! (laughs) Uh, What is it? The the only time I've seen Kaikar in play is when you played in Bablo. And that was your uh, big Kamehameha deck. Yeah, my spirit bomb. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) lend me your energy! Uh, yeah, Kaikar was pretty cool. Pretty neat guy. That, that combo was basically, um, so Kaikar makes spirits that he can turn into, I th- or she, I can't remember what uh, gender Kaikar is. Anyway, Kaikar, uh, makes spirits that the card can turn into mana. Um, and basically you, uh, put out, uh, another card that turns all your spirits into a different creature type. 
and then find a card that says whenever this one creature dies, make another of this creature type. So basically, whenever that spirit dies, it'll make another spirit and make another spirit. And Kaikar will just keep like sacking those spirits again and again. You just have this mega huge fireball to chuck at people. And that's very Jeskai. That is Jeskai in a nutshell. See, now that, so <laughs> that sounds like some funny shit that I actually would really like to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I build all of my decks around the pure funny potential okay yeah. jeskai is uh i i yeah let's talk about jeskai some more i love jeskai uh jeskai is basically the kung fu colors um a lot of monk imagery a lot of monastery imagery uh our friend jiwei he has a jeskai deck mm -hmm. but back on back on topic uh, uh we we've ta we've taken care of the uh, three color combos uh which which one do you want to talk to about mm -hmm. the two color combos well, going into the two color combos, we've got red and black. Disgusting, disgusting chaos colors, Rakdos, which we've talked about last episode. Yeah, let's uh, briefly touch on it. Nothing to touch on. Disgusting chaos. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> it's wrong. chaos, it's coin flips, it's scramble verse. Now we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, red is very much the chaos color. Uh, most of the more annoying effects in Rakdos are... Um, red based the the mean effects the the i'm gonna i'm gonna uh steal your cat and then send you the skin uh oh god that's a little dark um Jesus Christ. that that's black that's the black side of rakdos uh the red this is why rakdos sucks yeah, Ra yeah. um and um the the red side of it is oh but also uh, we're gonna make it into a hat for your dog, and you can't take it off because we super glued it on top. That's the kind of uh, <laughs> energy that Red brings into Rakdos. <laughs> there, uh, I like. I feel like Black brings in all of the 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 really shitty. Like we're gonna do all that we can to win, mm -hmm. uh, and then Red is that, but we're gonna make it fun. Yeah, and and. Usually that ends up being it's gonna be fun for the player who's playing Rakdos, not for anybody else though. <laughs> I've only ever played against Rakdos, so 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 it's really gross. But I get the fucking feeling if I picked up Rakdos, I would fucking love it. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so one of the archetypes, other than uh, dirty, disgusting chaos, is uh, what's called group slug which i think may be what you'd like michelle because you, you you're you're all about that uh orzov um what's it called big suck big suck uh group slug is basically everybody is taking damage all the time no uh no 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 exceptions even the player who's playing it i and i totally respect group slug group slug is great it makes uh games go faster in that case do you uh not respect big suck as much or is that a different category uh no 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 i just respect um people who play rakdos uh group slug because they have the balls to still think that they can win you know what i mean <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. like they don't need the safety blanket of like big suck where when you do big suck you're you're, you're feeling kind of okay because every time somebody else loses life you're gaining that you life right it. group slug I is know. like i'm gonna be here with all of you guys but i'm just gonna hope hope against hope <laughs> pray to mogus that i'm gonna get in one more lightning bolt than you can get in one damage damage to me and you'll die faster so big props to rakdos for having that uh, especially when red's more involved 
Ah, uh, you know what? I, I guess I can have respect for for group slug too. If that's the case, it's like, ah, uh, you know what? I'll hit you, but I'll also hit myself. Yeah, uh, it's about the again the balls to say, I can hit. Everybody's getting hit, but I'm gonna hit you faster. So, uh, respectable out of the Rakdos uh, archetypes. Uh, you know what's not respectable about about the Rakdos archetype? What's that? Uh, red and black are, are the, the most destructive colors when they're paired together. Yeah. Uh, but they also have the most land destruction. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, unforgivable. The, uh, what, what is the term? Uh, what is the term, Pablo, where uh, it, it, it is... Uh... Well, you gotta give me the <laughs> I'm description. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you saying that they're the Oathbreaker colors? Are you saying that <laughs> it goes against the social contract? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are very much the... Um, now, that is the... Well, they do have, like, mass land destruction, too. But they are also the color with the targeted land destruction, which is even more of a taboo because you're basically is picking on hurt? one person. One person, you're just like, ah, I'm a shit in your fucking islands, bro. Uh, this island's my toilet now. It's like, hey, you look like your little mana screwed there. You look like you need that one blue. Uh, I'm gonna pop it. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's uh, Rakdos. That's not an archetype that anybody does, though. It's just something that they can do. You'll barely see it in EDH. And they and they do have the most of it, but I mean, like, you know. No, nobody does uh, it. You nobody could does run it. land destruction, but if you do, everybody turns their heads towards you and deems you a dirty, dirty uh, shithead. Yeah. Um, if you're doing a land destruction deck, which I'm not saying that you should. Don't uh, do it. The the problem is you're gonna be unless you're spending like thirty dollars into sinkholes, uh, you're not gonna be able to start doing your land destruction thing until turn three, and you have to survive until around turn six to start doing your big land destruction spells. So very very risky, and everybody will hate you for it. So you know, take we care. We should uh, we should do an episode sometime about like the the, the no nos of magic. Yeah, we we can always do a social expectations episode. That's always social. Good etiquette yeah. in a social game called EDH. Yep. Alright. And then moving on to red and green which are our girl. <laughs> yeah, Yo. moving on to our uh, red and green girl colors. These guys. The most, uh, honest of colors? Yep. yep. As far as I know. Yep. No, keep. Yeah, I'm loving it. You, you, oh. you, you are, you are tapping into exactly what I would say for uh, Gruel. So they're both like very emotional colors. So they kind of like very impulsive, uh, very emotional, very short-sighted and disorganized, but very, very focused. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So they are disorganized in the way that they're doing things, but they are focused in uh, what their, what their um, plan of action is, and that's to mm -hmm. beat up other people's Gruel. Absolutely amazing uh, color combination. Just ramp big monsters, get in there. Uh, they're they're not as tough as um, as uh, the colors that mono green would just have like way bigger bodies, but they wouldn't be as aggressive. But the reason mm -hmm. the reason why I love Gruel, you wanna know why, uh, Michelle? Why do you love Gruel, Pablo? Gruel has the 
absolute highest number of fuck you blue cards in the entire game. Vexing Shusher, guttural response, not really specific to anti-blue, but Rurik Thar. Basically anything that says uh, this is blue's strength fucking gruel is there to say no absolutely fucking not not one more i will not suffer blue for one more goddamn second i'm gruel you not gruel you die please see now i'm very afraid of rurikthar i'm like extremely afraid of rurikthar uh one of one of the players in our play group uh has a rurikthar deck it's absolutely disgusting uh pings you for six every time you play a non-creature spell Mm mm-hmm uh, oh yeah, that's that's also one thing about uh, Gruul decks. They are very very creature centric. There's like, I mean, m- pure mono green is gonna be more creature centric, but like, G- Gruul is like a very 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 close second. It's just uh, amazing how how clear. Uh, th- you're right. So when you were saying that they're disorganized, yeah, they're disorganized in philosophy. Like they're. Hmm. Their lore is, you know, the wilds and nature or whatever. But the fucking singular focus that Gruul has of beating up other players and punishing people for not being laser-focused in beating up other players, that's what I love about Gruul. Yeah, they do it, and they do it really well. Yep. And it's very scary, okay? Like, uh, I mean, I'm a blue player at heart, and so it's like, oh. I would like to play my spells, but you know, thinking back, uh, it's not really Rurikthar in that deck that scares me the most because I mean he does suck. Yeah. But it's just some of the dumb creatures that, that that are in that deck that are like, oh, these are all really big scary creatures. Green is like ramping for all these really big creatures, and I'm like, there's so much ramp. There's so many creatures. The the, the, yeah. the board builds so fast. I'm like, oh fuck. And the what? best part of it is the best part of it is. Since most of the politics wrapped around in Gruul is beaten face with big creatures, they can't do politics in the same way that other people do. They just have to fucking swing. Like, it's so great. The biggest politics that you can have with a Gruul player is, hey, is there anything that's stopping me from attacking you? Okay, well, maybe I won't attack you. But if you have nothing defending you, if you're just hoping that they'll pass you over because you seem non-threatening, Gruul will absolutely pounce on that. They have they brook no quarter for like, but all I have is mana rocks. Gruul will say, all I have is big dudes that need to swing. Sorry, bro, you don't have any blockers. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, yikes. Marisi, protect me. Marisi, touch him. Touch him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's 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 Gruel. Love Gruel. Respectable I say, Gruel. Uh, I do aim to have a deck of uh, every color combination. I don't know about every like uh, shard or wedge combination, but definitely every dual color combination. I do. I would like to touch a little bit on just because uh, because it does seem really fun just to be like I no think I hit I hurt. Would you say that? Uh... <laughs> Me go for face. <laughs> Would you say that red and green gruel are, are the most monkey brain colors, Pablo? Oh, dude, 
Okay, not only that, but the uh, colors, the uh, the colors of the ape tribe, ape tribal colors are red and green. So very much, very much return to Monkey. If you if you like apes, if you like Kurt Ape, if you like Grun the Lonely King, <laughs> Simeon Spirit Guide, Gruul is well basically where they live. Hey, you know. I feel like just for the just for the lulls, maybe I gotta do a a, a monkey tribe gruel deck now. Okay, all right, fair enough. I don't know if they actually have like um a gruel like commander for that. Like I I don't think there's a red and green uh, gorilla uh, creature, yeah. uh, but the, 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 there are two. Like well, we'll see, we'll see. We'll look it up after the show. But man, I will. You are in the right place for it. You know, I want to be able to make it and then just, just, just make nonstop jokes. Just I'm monkey brain, monkey. Ooh. <laughs> I Return did. to monkey. <laughs> I know it does seem fun, and on that token, I do also want to um, fuck around with all the the color combinations as well. Maybe not so much the shards or the wedges, because that's, that's that's a lot, okay? That would be a lot of colors to fuck with. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, like, uh, one deck for each kind of color combination. Yeah, that that would just be uh, 10 decks. Very doable, very doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get too far out here, well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, our next color pairing, red and white. Uh, good oh, old Boros colors. Getting into enemy colors now here. But you know what? This is a testament to... Um, red it always adds to the colors it's next to not so much like you know not not like like it's a force multiplier but it doesn't ever seem like it's like decreasing what's happening to the colors be a good like main color but it seems like it's also a good support color as well um not so much because it's kind of a main color in general it's 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 more of a main color because one thing you look yes one thing you'll see when you're uh looking up the stats for red Whenever it's in another deck, red will always be one of the very, very smallest of the cards. Mono red, by the way, not not the hybrids. Uh, there's there's gonna be red cards in your in your in your multicolored decks, but the number of pure red cards in those decks are always gonna be tiny. Uh, it, it is a very good support card when you put it into a mana cost, like you make uh, something a hybrid color card. But when it's by itself, not so much, unfortunately. Oh, yes, of course. So uh, our next color pairing here is red and white, Boros colors. Mm-hmm. The commander that usually comes to mind is Feather. Yep. Uh, this is another one of those, uh, I'd like to say, honest color pairings. Like, I- I've been saying that red's honest for, like, all of this podcast. But, like, really, they, they very honest uh, colors, red and white. Very honorable also, until recently, the most losingest color pairing in EDH. Uh, I was introduced into Magic with uh, the Boros colors being the weakest color pairing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully that'll change. It's changed a little bit. They So, red and white are the equipment colors, too. Um, basically, it... They're the ones that are the Voltroniest of all the colors. They're the ones that are like um, build up a bunch of of weapons and auras and swing with your guy. Boros, uh, on top of being super honest, is um, 
a little stronger now. It's not as bad as it used to be. They do push you very, very hard into the Voltron strategy. Mm -hmm. um, if it, it, you just got to suit up whoever your commander is, or I guess anybody else in your in your um, deck. But that's that's how that deck wins. Um, it's gotten its card advantage. It's gotten its uh, ramp, sort of. Uh, but everything is a lot more tied into uh, equipment rather than the um, rather than the uh, colors red and white itself. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess before before recent times, why 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 are red and white uh, kind of uh, such such um, weaker compared to some of the other color pairings? Oh yeah, well, let's go back to shitting on white here. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, so it's totally White's fault then. Uh, no, no, it was also okay. a little bit of Red's fault. Uh, <laughs> okay. Red is preoccupied with destroying lands, not so much making people have more lands, and it never really had much card draw. They changed that with Impulse Draw, like the exiling of cards from your deck that you can play mm -hmm. uh, for a limited amount of time to give you card advantage. White just didn't have either. White just did not have either. No, and sorry guess both of these colors are like we don't have card draw nor do we have ramp we're just gonna sit here uh and hope that things work well yep uh oh. and before any of the support that they had for white um uh, not white for boros uh so what happened in the last few years is they pumped like just not i don't want to say thousands of cards but they pumped tens of cards that basically say do something with a creature that is equipped and you draw a card or you exile a card or you, you know, okay. like it's, it's basically that you have Wyleth, you have Akiri, you have a couple of commanders from the uh, Commander Legends set. It's just, yo, equipment, neat, have some card draw or card advantage or take some cards from your graveyard. It, like uh, Cole, the the uh, guy, the dwarf from... Um, from uh, Kaldheim is basically said nothing of yours will ever die as long as you have equipment. Okay, well, uh, I guess it's good that they're being uh, a little bit more balanced out now, because, uh, you know, card draw and ramp are some of the most powerful um, things that you can do in EDH. Mm -hmm. If you just like, oh no, uh, good luck, y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, one of the one of the strategies that Boros was maligned for uh, because this was the only way that they could do anything was mass land destruction because of white and red being in those colors. Oh, so it's like, we don't have lands, but neither can you, okay? Yeah, like the only <laughs> way they could make themselves catch up to anybody else was going full scorched earth and nobody wanted to do that. So good. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad that they're so linear now that there's only one real archetype for... Um, for Boros, well, here mm -hmm. um, I do. I do want to take that one uh, thing back just a little bit. Uh, in CEDH, you can have stacks Boros and you can have uh, Winota Boros, but that's not really. Those are like two cards, uh, two two archetypes, and a very very small number of people who play EDH. Most people who play uh, EDH and Boros are gonna be playing uh, Voltron. I see. Now we've talked a little bit about sacks, but what was the second uh, second trope that you were talking about, Pablo? Oh, it's just one uh, one kind of one kind of um, commander. It's Winota is is just somebody who 
cares about giving you creatures off of the top of your deck if you're swinging with uh, well, anything. Because, you know, it's still Boros. It's still aggression. Uh, mm-hmm. But they put that in CEDH because anything that cheats out cards like consistently is something that they'll want to have in CEDH. Um, so here's Winota popping you out six creatures at a time on a good swing. Like, that's... That's basically the same as saying I'm drawing six cards right now. You know, uh, it sounds not... like a, a good time actually. Why aren't people playing her more? Uh, because she is Cedh. Like, oh. you try hard very fast with Winota, and she can run away with games very easily if you're not careful. Um, the power level you can build her like weak, but but chances are it's not not usually the case. Yeah, it's usually not going to be the case because if you w- build when here. The problem with uh, a lot of cards and uh, co- commander combinations that only exist in CEDH that don't exist in regular EDH, uh, this is this is usually what happens. Even if you depower some of the very much just CEDH generals like Winota, like um, the the pairings for the old uh, four color commanders, if you take those down to be weaker. When you lose, and this is again is just a theory of mine, there's always that niggling thought of, well, shit, I could have won if I just tweaked this a little bit more. And the more you have those experiences, the more it just feels like, why am I doing this when I know that this is a CEDH thing? Like, what? Well, why am I putting limiters on myself? And then there's true. Yeah, you 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 just feel get a lot of bad feelings whenever you you lose with it. Um and basically it's like why am i not living up to this uh card's potential uh, uh i feel like that's the exact same thing that happened with me and derby actually <laughs> oh, yeah. see it's like sure you could be a bird tribal and that's nice but it's one thing if it could only be a bird tribal deck like kangi is like okay well this is the best that it can do i'm not gonna be mad at it but then you look at derby and you look at the cedh numbers and go like i could have destroyed everyone at this table uh, untrue, so not destroyed. I could have stalled everybody out. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, like if, after you <laughs> after you st- <laughs> after you stalled them out, then you destroy them. But remember, <laughs> um, and I remember this very distinctly. We were playing in a seven-man pod, which is already oh an egregious, an egregious oh bad. And yet somehow Derby was still the fucking arch enemy. It still took. Five other players, because I, I remember one player was just not into it because uh, they were getting mana screwed or something. It took right. five people, all of their combined efforts, to beat the shit out of Derby. And at the end of that day, it's like, man, if I actually put one more stacks piece in, none of them would have been able to do anything. And you have a lot of those feelings with well, Winona actually- as well. Uh, with that one fight, if I remember correctly, it wasn't that, uh, if I had put one more sax piece, it was, uh, it would have been fine. It was because I fucked up. Okay. Well, see, that's I what I'm saying. That I wasn't supposed to block with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Derby, even at its lower powered form, could have just won you that game off of itself. If you put any of the other more mean parts of Derby into, I don't even know if we're going to put this in the fucking recording. There's nothing to do with red. This has nothing to do with red. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a great conversation, okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I like talking with you about it. But that's what I'm saying, like, um, it's the same thing with Winoda. You know how easily you could have destroyed all these other people with just a few Uh tweaks. Like, 
if you just put like two or three more stacks pieces in that deck, Michelle, you wouldn't have even had to have worried about that block because that attack just wouldn't have happened. That's the same thing with Winota. If Winota's going in with just a few less goblins, because that's, that's how Winota usually wins, is like you make a shitload of goblins and you don't really care if they die or not. They're just there for the attack triggers because once they start swinging, they're going to bring in like your, your massive, like, kick you, bust you in the nuts creatures from your deck. If you just had a couple more of those, you know, you know, you know that you would have destroyed that table. That, and that, that is fair. Yeah, that that sticks with you, and that's why you don't see a lot of these like depowered, <laughs> depowered CDH uh, <laughs> decks in in lower tables because that's just not what they they were gonna live at. They're just that's just not where they're gonna live in. Uh, makes sense, uh, but also, uh, you know, depending on your playgroup, your playgroup might not even like playing at higher levels, right? And so mm -hmm. sometimes with like higher level decks, uh, you you want to ask for permission or see if they're all cool. That otherwise, no one's gonna have a fun time. And so I, I guess that makes sense as to why uh, Winota is is not like uh, yeah, and a super popular kind of casual social EDH commander. Yeah, and because then at that point you're also having to go through with asking everybody if they're okay that's there's always that little like uh but do we really want to deal with Winota today um you know that's a conversation that's a little bit more awkward too especially when you're just wanting to have fun if you're in cedh you like you don't give a shit about anybody else's feelings right like you're already in that mindset you don't need to care about that but in regular casual C, uh, regular casual EDH, then you have to take that into consideration. And mm -hmm. at the very start of the game, you're already having to worry about it. It just it just doesn't happen. It's fair. Uh, but other than that, you, you see a lot of um, feathers. Feather seems to be one of the most popular Boros um, commanders out there. I like to chop right? that. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's one of okay. the very because she isn't a Voltron commander. I mean, she's <laughs> she's kind of a Voltron commander, but people like Feather because Feather is is unlike any other Boros commander out there. She shows um what Boros is like when it's not boring. Like she has I mean, th she has a gimmick and her lines are very linear still like we'll not we'll not pretend that like she isn't linear too but she's linear in a way that no other boros commander is she gives you card advantage no way that other uh, any other uh, boros commanders does that's why but people also, like playing her and also like uh to a certain extent almost like card recursion too doesn't she yeah 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 that's what i'm saying like she she gives you that card advantage that isn't just the same old um Hey, I'm gonna impulse, or hey, I'm gonna suit you up with Voltron uh, pieces and swing, and then that's how I get my card advantage. Feather makes you feel like you're doing something new and fun uh, with Boros, which is not something that really happens a lot in Boros. Well, that that has been lovely. <laughs> that was just Boros. Who, who are we talking about next? Is it right? Hey, uh, you know we've got red and blue. Uh, is it which we've uh, talked about briefly on the blue episode? But we can go back into it. Good old colors of uh, also chaos, but not mean chaos. Yeah, uh, this is more I'm building up my board state chaos, which is great. Um, I wish there was more to say about is it that we didn't already cover. Uh, it it just has, it cares about spells. It cares about the spells the most out of any other color combination. Sorceries, instants, whatever. Your extra turn spells, your big... Um, your big damage spells, your weird chaos spells. If it's an instant or a sorcery, 
Is it will like it? Is it will love it? Put it in your deck. Mm. It'll perform way better than any other uh, color combination. Spell sling. Spell slinging. What are you doing with that spell? Do you have a license for that spell? No, but I sling it anyway. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, no. <laughs> Watch out. That goblin has a wand. And you best believe I'll swing it again. Yep. That gutter snipe. <laughs> Where is he pointing that rock at? Uh, anyway, that's that's is it. Uh, one of my favorite color combinations. Um, it's it's my uh, Rowan and Will deck. I don't usually pull no. that out in friendly games because it wins in a very weird izzity way. It's the color of the storm. What? It's the color of the storm. Ah, uh, would you consider it the color of uh, the mechanic storm? Yes, I do. I absolutely do because. It's storm is usually connected with with instants and sorceries, and just by that very nature, you know the 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 colors that care about that the most are going to be red and blue. I see. Uh, I guess in that case, it makes sense as to why Jahora is uh, stormy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joyra. Oh, um, since we're talking about is it colors too, uh, red and blue are also the colors that care the most of about artifacts out of any other color combination. Oh, so you're telling me <laughs> that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Jora decks have been looking because I'm trying to build a Jora deck. A lot of artifacts, bro. Yeah. Uh, the the great thing about Joyra is it marries the two uh strategies of red and blue very well: the storm side and the artifact side. Like, both of them are very valid on their own, but what makes Joyra such a powerful commander is that she can do both at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. other other, uh, other Izzet commanders, like, they have to think about what, uh, which side of that combination they'll have to think about. Like, Dalakos is somebody who only cares about artifacts. Um, while, say, the Kenrith twins only care about spells, etc., etc. Joyra can just do both. Just, she just does both. And, and the nice thing about Jora specifically is that you can build her pretty cheaply. Yeah. Uh, and she'll still be really good. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, because she can... Uh, she can... Okay, so if you're making, like, say, a Bruticlad artifact deck... Bruticlad is uh, one of the... Is it, um, is it uh, artifact commanders that we were talking about? There aren't enough cheap good artifacts to make him like you know say super duper run well just the same as with the kenriths that i was talking about earlier there aren't that many really good spells that are all just like budget friendly like you'll have to open up your wallet a little bit whenever you're trying to you know punch it up a little bit and then you're getting your extra turn spells in you might have to spend like 10 bucks for that or maybe you need some of those uh Car Clan Ironworks for Brew the Clad to get some more uh, mana going, then you have to spend like $30 there. But that doesn't mean that there aren't any good low-budget cards. There's just not enough low-budget artifacts or low-budget spells, uh, uh, Sorcerer's Instance, to make one full Brew the Clad deck or one full uh, Kenrith deck, at least not in the power level that some people may like. Joyra, since she does both since she can facilitate both she can only she she has the option of just taking the cheap parts of the artifact side and the cheap parts of the spell slinging side and meld them together and make them work uh, at the same time well i guess <laughs> the one thing that maybe kind of uh, attracted to Jora a little bit was uh not so much all of these really cool things she can do uh i was actually looking at um 
What what is the deck that you gave Marine Pablo? Mm, which time? AC. 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 Oh yeah, AC. Yeah. There you go. I was looking at AC and AC plays extra lands and for each land you play, you draw a card and I'm like, man, I wanna I want a commander that just sits there and draws me cards. And so I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> Jora just sits there and draws me cards. Didn't realize uh didn't really realize how ridiculous she is. But it's okay. Yeah. I just want to sit there and draw my cards. That's it. Yeah, very easy to just uh, get Joyra up and running. Um, <laughs> which is also why uh, she's a cautionary commander. Uh, you, if you're going to go into a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, YouTube channels, you'll see that one of the most retired decks out of any format is Joyra. Because um, whenever somebody talks about her, it's always a little bit in the past tense. It's like, oh yeah, man, I used to have a lot of fun with Joyra. But nobody else did, so I had to retire her. Oh, I see. Well, the one thing that I can always count on, Pablo, is you playing with me and Joyra and Derby. Oh, man. <laughs> You're <laughs> counting on me to play your toxic-ass decks? Okay, I uh, guess. Pablo, don't you forget, you were the one who said that you would totally play these decks with me, okay? Yeah, no, that's true. It's just, you know, <laughs> why don't you... Well, hey, Michelle, why don't you just depower Joyra, huh? Why don't you just depower it, okay? I mean, I could. I'm building a new powered version because it's cheap. Oh, well, it's going to end up the same with fucking Derby, too. Be like, oh, man. Damn. It was going to be just bird tribal, but... You know. Oh, uh... Pablo, I've realized, okay, I'm a spike. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to win. A spike. I want to win. <laughs> I like winning, okay? Here's the thing. I got my baby infect deck, and all that deck did was win. And the only thing that I learned from that deck was that I like to win. <laughs> it tastes sweet. All right. Sounds good, though. <laughs> but, but I, I don't mind fine. it. I don't mind it. It, it. It's fine. It'll be fun times, okay? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, and like like I was saying, I do touch up a lot of uh, CEDH uh, talk here. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that mindset of... Uh, trying to win no matter what so yes let's oh, let's do it i'll be i'll be your joy or a punching bag <laughs> but i guess before we get too uh far out of here uh we should probably talk about some of the things that red specifically by itself can do oh yeah let's do it uh okay so some of the the key words that are just associated with red are ooh, menace Oh wow! Uh, Which is shared with black. Yeah, black has a bigger share of it, but like menace, menace got into it too. Menace, not menace. Red also got into that whole uh, unblockable game. It, it, it makes sense. Like red just wants to punch you in the face, yeah. and so you know, make it as easy as possible. Menace. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Trample, which is shared with green. Very fun. Very funny. Okay. Big creatures. The only difference that um, between green and red is most of the time, red's Trample creatures don't don't make it out alive on the other side. But that's but that's red, right? <laughs> like, they don't think ahead. They just, just go. Yeah. Just hit. D who cares? Yeah, like, who cares if I only have one toughness? It matters that I punched the guy. <laughs> And then they also have haste, which is shared with green and black. They punch big, but they punch fast, okay? Oh, man. But the, the thing <laughs> is, the haste is, you know how I was saying, like, blah, 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 keywords for all the other colors are, are very, you know, theirs? 
A haste yeah. is probably Red's like super wheelhouse. Haste is is just been Red's thing before haste was even a keyword. Raging Goblin is the most one of the most iconic magic cards that I can ever say because it's just so it's a one one goblin that, that is not affected by summoning sickness. What is more red than that? What is more red than that? Lightning Which is bolt. why haste is very much so, oh. <laughs> oh lightning lightning bolt, but it's a close it's a close match. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's one mana <laughs> one mana deal damage. It's great haste, great color uh, mechanic. Love it for red. Um, green and black pretend that they have it too, but no, nah, dude. That's that's that that is that's very red's much big red. uh, big big keyword. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is red, red, red all the way. And then, of course, the last keyword the, is first strike and double strike, actually. Two two words, first strike and double strike, which is shared with, with white. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of black, too, but that's not as much as it used to be anymore. Um, well, I don't know. It, 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 it makes sense. It, it's more, it's more it, flavor-wise, it's more red is just giving haste to its weapon <laughs> instead, of, instead <laughs> of its whole body. So I, I, I get that. I hit you, but I hit you faster. Yeah, I'm all Twice. about that speed, baby. <laughs> Big speed. Haste, but also first strike. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Um, <laughs> what else can I say about first strike? Um, well, it does also lend with the uh, the uh, creature types that red is also associated with. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that like stings, and there's a lot of uh, creature classes, secondary classes, uh, creature types, like um, a barbarian and warrior. You know, types that are known for first strike anyway. Okay, that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess uh, because red has a lot of dragons, uh, most dragons also have flying. Yeah. But uh, I guess I wouldn't really say that flying is a red. Thing that's, primarily that's, that's it's more of a blue and white yeah that's an exception like that's a holdover from like well on top of it being just a very red thing to do that's a holdover from like the alpha days where the shivan dragon mm -hmm. junk you know well that's because red has a lot of dragos yeah. and dragos can fly yeah. and so woohoo flying like if you try to find like non-dragon flyers in red they're almost non-existent like you'll Maybe see like I don't know an elemental that can do that, etc. But it's not really a red thing. Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, oh well, it is what it is. Uh, it seems like uh, all the colors have kind of a little bit of an exception to them. So yeah, uh, I guess flying is is reds. Yeah. Now uh, we did talk about in an earlier episode how uh, red does have card draw, but usually it, it's uh, very conditional, very impulsive, and, and pretty much a lot of times involve you also just discarding these cards that you you have in your hand. Mm -hmm. um, there's not really much to say about it. Like, it's good. It's card advantage. It's obviously not as good as blues because, you know, the whole role play is uh, if, if it's not useful now, it's never going to be useful ever, uh -huh. which is obviously not the case. But mm -hmm. I'd rather have that than not have any card advantage at all. And be yeah. like in white's shoes. Like, would you rather have these cards that disappear, <laughs> or would you rather be uh, white? <laughs> oh, we we know the answer to that. <laughs> Episode four: shitting on white. Yeah. We continue. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's not turn one scoop. It's the turn whatever turn it is. We still shit on white. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I feel like this is just slowly becoming the meme here, okay? See, White it, sucks! It's not, it's not even like... We're not even original about this meme, dude. Everybody no, says it. No, we're not. It. Yeah. Like, we're just, we're yeah. just the next in a long line of complaints. <laughs> I mean, you know, hopefully... Hopefully white gets a little buffed, okay? But it, it's fine. But yeah, card draw in red, uh, very spontaneous, very impulsive, very much so like the heart of red. Mm -hmm. um, red does have uh, one thing that's really nice. It's in a lot of the, um, maybe not as not as much as uh, black or blue in the things that it do. But it, it it borrows a little bit from both of them. It has the the most spell recursion from the mm -hmm. graveyard. It has a lot of flashback, a lot of retrace, a lot of jumpstart. All of these mechanics that say, hey, is it in your graveyard? Try it again. Maybe uh, it'll work the second time around. Uh, and so these cards that you kind of toss out, you, you can still potentially bring them back later anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're okay, so it's not like forever gone. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of the times it is forever gone, but it's not as forever as it would be in other colors. Oh, okay. Well, fair, fair enough. Uh, now, uh, as far as I know, it, red is uh, the most aggro color, oh, right? Bar none. Or no question about that. Good martial color. Uh, and so, uh, you know, things like first strike and double strike kind of go right into that whole aesthetic, right? So they're really big on combat. They also have a lot of, like, combat tricks. Yep, uh, combat tricks. Extra combats in general. They're the... Extra combats! <laughs> Disgusting! But I love it. We'll fight again, and again, and again! <laughs> uh, yep. Um, I mean, every color has their combat tricks. Um, mm -hmm, but red just has the most. Yeah. Like, the the... It shares this with green, but red is the color that basically just goes, I'm going to give you more strength. Because the other colors, their combat tricks are like, blues is kind of like, uh, I'll reduce somebody's strength. Blacks mm -hmm. is I'll give you death touch or indestructible or something. White's the same way too, like a first strike or indestructible. Red is very much, I'm going to give you plus seven plus zero bro more power more power to just and crush them and usually it's at the last minute too and so yeah. people have declared their blockers and they're like oh what? we're totally fine right no you're fucking mistaken okay i confirm the kill right <laughs> uh, and chances are i trample it oh uh it shares this again with green um but like I don't, this one isn't so bad. I th I think green's combat tricks are a little bit nicer because um, so I think when it comes to balancing issues, not a lot of other colors give you uh, uh a bonus in power. Uh, red and green are the ones that do that. Uh, but green also gives uh creatures uh, a bonus in toughness a lot of the time, or at least a, a substantial bonus in toughness. Red doesn't do that, but red adds like the trampler, adds the first striker, adds the haste, etc. That you were mentioning before. Green usually is just a straight up like plus twelve, plus twelve. Hopefully, it already has trample to begin with. Sometimes it gives you more too. Sometimes it does give you the trample, but not as much as a uh, red does. This is why you combine uh, green and red, oh, okay, baby. for full maximum combat. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh man. Um. <laughs> So you're you're heading in and you see somebody has that ghostly prison and you're like, 
I guess I I can only send one guy in, and the and the pillow fort player is like, ho ho ho, I'm Jabba the Hutt in my palace in my desert skiff, and then you pump out. By the way, I'm also a Jedi. Just pump, 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 pump <laughs> all of these massive combat tricks, and you know, get that damage in. Which is uh, which is nice. Like, it all goes in kind of like I do lots of damage. Uh, something else that you kind of see in red too are direct damage cards. So things that just uh, hit you directly in the fucking face. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the most iconic cards in Magic. Lightning bolt. It, lightning, no, bolt. Like- lightning bolt. Um, lightning bolt. Lightning uh, bolt. Every so often they do like polls of like what is Magic's most iconic card. What is Magic's most iconic card? Um, there are contenders. Counterspells there sometimes. Sarah Angel is there sometimes. C- crawlworm. <laughs> crawlworm. Crawl. What is crawlworm? Crawl. Um. Uh. But lightning bolt. You just cannot. It's magic. Lightning Wait. bolt is magic. I pay mana. I turn that mana into magic, and I zap you in the face. I'm just a second. I'm like googling crawlworm. Like, what is this meme? Why are you giggling so hard? He's a big worm. That's it. It's a, it's he's a, a big worm. It's a six <laughs> form. That's all he is. That's why he's iconic. It's, it's green. I'm laughing. I'm coughing. Oh, God. Make it's okay. Keep going. He's I'm, a big worm. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, like, it is a meme card, but, like, you know, it's I no see. storm crow, of course. It's not a storm it's, crow. Uh, okay, I was going to say, it's a meme card, but is it as meme as storm crow? Yeah. Um, like, Black Lotus is also magic, but, like, the Black Lotus is the unattainable. Uh, Lightning Bolt is the everyday magic. It's the workman's magic. It's the magic of the proletariat. I don't even know where I'm going here. I'm saying Lightning very Bolt is magic. Very easy to obtain. Very easy to have. Lots of light. Hit you to the base. And there's lots of varieties of Lightning Bolt, too. So, yeah. 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 Every, you every... can only have one. You can have multiples yeah. of different varieties. It it, it it births all the other direct damage spells, all the permutations of red will hit you. This is uh, basically um, why I I love sending newer players into red, because, dude, Lightning Bolt just makes you feel powerful. It does. You know, uh, you recently made Megan... Uh, w- is it a Gruel deck? It's a Gruel deck, right? No, no, it's a, a Boros deck. It's a giant... Oh, Boros. Spells, yeah. And, and that deck... Uh, also big scary okay did you put any lightning bolts in it it doesn't need it because it's a fling deck it's for 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 the (laughs) listeners for the listeners it's it's brian stout arm another one of those meme commanders but very much it lives that red life of stop putting obstacles in front of me i want to deal damage to you i'm gonna deal damage to you so i'm gonna turn and, these and creatures fling, into lightning uh, this fling goes straight to the face as well yeah well it goes to any target but you know, oh <laughs> any target okay uh, hey well to your face um you see that uh, there's there's a lot of fling effects now grab the reins etc etc um fling is fling thud it's it's just also very iconically red it's just uh, I'm gonna take this creature. Sure, you got blockers, but what if I just throw this creature at your face? <laughs> well, I mean, it all works out because red is big uh, on direct damage. Just yeah, bypass. Red- just, 
into your face. Red finds a way, dude. Uh, we, like, green thinks it's it's the Jurassic Park color. Well, you know what? There's red dinosaurs, too. Red finds a way. Mm-hmm. Very fast, very punchy. Uh, which kind of brings us to to um, Red having lots of haste, but also for... not I guess not for whatever reason, because it makes sense with the lore, but haste, but also sacrificing at the end of turn. Yeah, it's live fast, die hard. <laughs> not even die young, die hard. Uh, die hard! <laughs> um, I don't... Uh, well, it shares this a little bit with white, but white does it more for the resurrection uh, side. Red does it for the comeback. We're going to do it again. We're going to <laughs> flashback, <laughs> but for creatures. Um, a lot of very ephemeral creatures like... Um, Elementals. I know that there's a lot of elemental creatures that come into being and then get exiled at the end of turn. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. red basically turning its creatures into lightning bolts. Yeah, the, the thing that comes to mind is uh, one of the earliest red decks that I played was... Uh, I don't remember, you named it something really dumb, but it was just lightning bolts in that deck, and it was a, it was a kitchen... <laughs> <laughs> I think you named it Mind Games. Yeah, no, all right. Well, this is a funny story, and I'm absolutely leaving this into the podcast. But when uh, Mind Games, <laughs> when when I was starting to get uh, the uh, the people my play group into Magic, I I used to just make these super dumb decks that harkened to simpler times in Magic. Um, one of the dumbest old Magic decks was. Uh, was it like 18 mountains and <laughs> 18 mountains and uh 20 30 38 lightning bolts or some <laughs> some permutation of that that was before the restriction of uh four ofs was made the uh suit restriction was made so basically there was, was just people it was like i play lightning bolt turn two i play two lightning bolts turn three i still only play two lightning bolts because i don't have any card draw and lightning bolts is the only thing in my deck but um maybe i'll play ball of lightning which will then lightning bolt you to the face yeah that but that was it and then the uh, four of rule got reinstated so um you know you, you couldn't do the like 36 lightning bolt deck anymore but that was 25 years ago Time kept coming, and uh, Magic kept putting in more of these uh, semi-lightning bolt things, like restricted lightning bolts. Oh, you can only you can deal the three damage for one if you have a creature in play, or if you sacrifice a mountain, or if you suspend it. Time went on. Eventually, there were like twelve lightning bolt permutations that you can absolutely remake the all lightning bolt deck again and i made the all lightning bolt deck just to show my friends the power of red the power i mean i i absolutely got destroyed in that game but you know yeah <laughs> what are you gonna do with 12 lightning bolts lightning turn two three lightning bolts turn four one lightning bolt because i'm only drawing lightning bolts but lightning bolts still the best part about it is i named the deck mind games deck box and all the sleeves jace the mind sculptor <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I remember uh, picking that deck out of the bag, and I'm like, mind games. Hmm. And then I play, it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why? <laughs> I've why? been deceived. <laughs> why? Why a mountain on turn one? Okay, maybe this is is it. Well, what's he doing? Tapping that mountain lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm gonna play something. Uh, what? What is this mind games deck, Pablo? Just play it. <laughs> 
Yeah. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twelve, you know, seventeen lightning bolts later, everybody learned, uh, and then well, they were I, I like, was... "Oh, you're saying?" Oh no, I was just saying I was bringing this up because I remember you had like balls of lightning and like spark elementals in there. Well, basically, as well. basically, what that deck was, um, it made sure that it would be three damage for every one mana spent. Uh, yeah. Ball lightning is only there because it's it's. It's like the cousin of all these spark elemental effects. Uh, technically, I should take ball lightning out of the mind games deck, but um, it, it you know lightning, lightning baby, bang bang bang, zap zap zap, bang. pow pow pow. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was good simple times, okay. Uh, I think that was also one of the reasons why people switched to EDH so they could <laughs> run away from the thirty six lightning bolts in the deck. <laughs> they were like, we gotta limit the amount of lightning bolts that, that are coming to our faces. It's just straight to the face, Pablo. There's like you can't get around it unless you counterspell. But do you have thirty six counterspells? Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> nice. Uh, turn two. Lightning bolting. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop lightning bolting you, dude. Oh, dude. Well, what? What? That what a great deck. Uh, uh, I do have a lot of fond memories of it. Yeah. Uh, good. Good times. Simpler times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thirty six lightning uh... bolts. Moving past all the lightning bolts and <laughs> and all that good 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 stuff, uh, red also has a lot of land destruction as we've uh, we've talked about before, and land and artifact destruction actually. Yep. Um, I wish there was more to it. Uh, but there. I there, destroy lands. I I did it, Ma. <laughs> I set it back, Ma. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk a little more about it, lore wise, they usually come in the form of like, uh. Uh, natural disasters. Yeah, landslides, mudslides, etc. Um, there's a little bit more of an interesting story about the uh, red caring about artifacts thing. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it just for a while. No, no, I can't even say for a while because there was um, green and green and white also had uh, artifact destruction, but red was just the more efficient of it. Um, and then basically they were just making more and more red cards that put artifacts and graveyards that they were thinking like well this is a resource maybe that red can use and now red actually is one of the biggest artifact recursion uh recursion uh colors in magic as well like, oh, wow. it'll, it'll put those artifacts in to the graveyard it'll also take them back out uh, not, okay, not, so... not a bad deal no no uh Kind of a, a a little bit against, I guess, a little bit against the the mindset of red words. I, I use it if I don't need it now. No, nah! so but it, I think it's good, good little balance. Okay. Well, here uh, I do know. Here, here's why um, why red is okay with with uh, artifacts in that manner. There are a lot of uh -huh. expendable artifacts. There are a lot of artifacts that uh -huh. destroy themselves whenever they do the effect, and that's very much of a red mindset. Like it gets sacrificed, it does its effect. You can't stop it because the one thing about uh, whenever you sacrifice something for a trigger, you can't react to it anymore. It's on the stack. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do about it anymore once it gets sacked. And red loves that. Red is absolutely all about like. Yeah, man. Confirm that kill. Get it done. Oh, yeah. Find a way. <laughs> okay, okay. That that makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. I guess uh with with the whole sacrificing thing, a lot of the ways that red can uh I guess ramp. I wouldn't say ramp, I guess, but produce mana is uh usually to sacrifice other things, other creatures, or um I guess in 
in a similar case, like with Darker Ritual, uh, I play an instant. Mm-hmm. It causes mana, but that's it. Yeah. No more. <laughs> live, live, live fast, live fast, die hard. <laughs> live fast, die also potentially fast, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but boy, but oh boy, does red make mana. Like, black makes reasonable amounts of mana. Red does not. Red does not do anything by half measure. It either makes you shit loads of mana right now that you can only use right now, or not or at all. Or not at all! Yeah. Like, go big or go home, nerds! Yeah. Um, you have Jessica's Will that just pops you out seven mana a term. You have Seething Song. You have, well, like, uh, five mana. Yeah, you have uh, a lot of things that, um, uh, like, um, the uh, elementals in, um, in Lorwyn, just giving you Kithkin mana, just like, okay, did you do something for six turns? Have you have six mana? Um, and the one that is is the biggest thing I would say for red is Mana Geyser, which is it costs five, but in EDH it's the best because it gives you one mana for each tapped land that your enemies have. Oh man, and you know, in EDH, five mana is not not really a lot if you if you think about it, because it's like I mean, you know, EDH games tend to go longer anyway. Five mana is a reasonable amount of mana to just like eh. if you play it on curve and everybody else is playing their mana uh, very you know well, that means that you're netting fifteen, not netting. You're you're getting uh, fifteen mana. You're netting ten mana for this spell on turn five. Ten mana on turn five, great. So but the end of the day, it's like ah, it might cost a little bit. Uh but the payout is uh beautiful, okay? Yeah. Uh red is also the color of treasure tokens, which is basically the same thing. Uh, it's just a little bit more delayed. Uh it does show you that it cares about treasures, artifacts, and uh fast mana and ephemeral artifact nature. Like, it, it very much, like, loves fast mana, Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which makes sense. Red likes fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of creatures that sacrifice themselves for mana, a lot of, like, just straight up one-time mm-hmm. only, hope you can go as big as you can uh, mana spells. Uh, yeah, uh, Red technically does have its own weird way of ramping. Not like White, which... Just does it. Just does. Has no ramp. Just does. <laughs> well, I mean, white has ramp, but a lot of the times it's balanced ramp, so you can't ever go past somebody. It's always just catching up. Uh, yeah. Red can at you. least, for one brilliant blazing moment, go over the top of everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like unless you use a bunch of like mana mana rocks or whatever, uh, white white is usually just kind of hanging in. Uh, the only thing that they got is smothering tithe. That's just you know, <laughs> g- g- great <laughs> smothering tithe. I'm 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 a I'm a shell forty dollars every time I want to make a white deck. Why not? Gross. And then <laughs> I guess the last big thing with red is that uh, if I if I remember correctly, red is the most uh, quote unquote random color. Lots of coin flips. Lots of random just card discarding. Lots of. Uh, Hitting yourself in the face sometimes. Yeah, uh, this is what we were talking about whenever we talk about is it or Rakdos. Um, it's just if you add in another color that will direct where red is gonna go, it gives the flavor 
of that chaos, uh, whether it's building up your own board or fucking over everybody else's. But I don't know, dude. Uh, maybe this is this is why Red loves uh, treasure so much, so that it can have a coin to flip. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Be careful with these effects, because you know uh, these are the most annoying effects in mm-hmm. Magic. Like, and, and because they're so random, it can go either in your favor or against your favor. Who fucking knows? No, nah, dude, it's just because it's basically the most annoying things to resolve. The, we're not even <laughs> whatever about the risk. The risk is there. I'm actually all for the risk. It's the resolving part that's a fucking headache. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Usually these effects take the longest to resolve too, don't they? Exactly, because it affects everything, like mm-hmm. every so like, item on the board, which is all. So like, like Scrambleverse, where which Scrambleverse is the one where everybody's permanents get shuffled around, right? Yeah, and Warp World is the one uh-huh. where everybody's uh, everybody's stuff gets uh, randomized for stuff that's inside their deck. Um, what was it? There's there's a couple other enchantments that Red has that basically like. Every time you cast a spell, instead of that spell resolving, you flip the top cards of your deck until you resolve something that's the same type, but not that card anymore. It's like, it's it's just it's just, it's just a headache. Like, I think that's red spiting other colors who think too goddamn much. Like, that's <laughs> that's that's red going like, you spend so much time thinking. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you think forever. <laughs> I'll make you spend even more time, bitch. Yep. Um, <laughs> the uh, one of the best flavor uh, texts in uh, red. I, I might be misquoting it. Uh, do you know what the answer to a barbarian's riddle is, Michelle? Well, what is it, Pablo? To choke on your own cleverness and die. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm red. <laughs> Because you'd assume that the one who's asking the question isn't clever at all, and it's like, it just works on so many fucking levels. Red just hates being smart, and he'll punish you for being smart. I'm monkey brain! You need to be monkey brain too! Yeah, return to monkey. Uh, Green does it by making it look very inviting, saying, hey, look at these card draw mechanics that I have, look at this life gain. Red's like, if you don't return to monkey, I'll kill you! What a fun color! Yeah, red. Man, I, I feel red, like uh, after this, I need to I need to tap into red more. Yeah, I only have the one red deck, and he Mauricio doesn't play red uh, as he does like blue. Honestly, yeah. um, <laughs> red very much taps into the fun of magic. Like there's, you know, it's just it's just the fun side of magic. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. And they've also got some of the 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 coolest. And fun tribes and races too, like dragons. 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 You can't have a magic game without dragons. You can't have any sort of fantasy game without dragons. Without like dragons. Yeah, you can take demons. You can take angels and leave them be. You can. Green doesn't. I mean, like recently, green has hydras, but that's not really fucking fantasy. Like, what's what's more fantastical than a goddamn dragon? Nothing, Pablo. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and if you say any different, I'm gonna zap you with a lightning bolt. <laughs> Your face. With 36 of them. <laughs> and then, but you know, they also have other things like goblins. Yep, yep. Uh, they dragons uh, embody the the raw power, while goblins embody. <laughs> I don't know. They 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 embody like the 
the the the funnier, sadder side of red, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, that's a, a dragons and goblins. Dragons and goblins, like I mean, there's also you know orcs and giants, but uh, fuck those guys. Yeah, no, dude, dragons and goblins. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm not shitting on goblins at all. Um, goblins is one of the most powerful. Uh, tribal types in all of magic like uh, it's right up there with elves like sometimes i know that people say that um elf ball like trumps goblins uh, a lot of the time but whenever i'm looking at any of the uh, older uh bigger uh, more popular not more popular but like the bigger deal um 60 card formats even in standard historic uh vintage not vintage maybe not vintage uh modern like goblin decks are just so good at what they do which is confirm the kill push in that damage finding a way mm-hmm. and it's not even just that too as far as i know um they do it quickly but they can rebuild quick just as quickly yeah um it used to be they didn't have as they couldn't rebuild as quickly like that's that's one of the uh sad things about old red was they couldn't uh rebuild as quickly because they don't ah. have they don't they didn't have uh the card advantage that they used to but now they do they have the impulse draw and everything they can make those goblin armies um well i mean it depends on if you're doing a combo goblin army which you which is something you can do in edh this is one of the best things about the goblin archetype it translates from any of these 60 card constructed formats like almost seamlessly into edh or commander it's just it just it's one to one like you if you know how to play a goblin deck in any of the other formats you know how to play a goblin uh, mm-hmm. deck in commander yeah i mean uh, very simple uh and that's kind of the beauty of it yeah a lot of dudes swing big swing lots of potentially small dudes but lots of dudes nonetheless yeah and if and if they don't and if they they have too many blockers you take those you take those dudes and you fling them <laughs> Just toss them at the other player. Like, hey, the goblins are useless as attackers, then you use them as fodder. <laughs> but, but hey, you know, at the end of the day, Red is all about that big passion. Big impulse and big big love, okay? Big love, big love. Big love. If you look big at... Big hug, big love. <laughs> if you look at the most hugs in Magic... I th- this is apocryphal. I haven't like looked at the stats or whatever. Most of the hugs in Magic occur in red. Cuz they love the biggest, okay? Yeah, I I'm 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 looking mostly at Cathartic Reunion, but like that's things oh. reprinted a ton of, uh, a couple of times and it's always like, "I love you, buddy. Uh now draw me some cards." <laughs> but yeah, that that's red for you. Yeah. Um if if we're talking about big love to um Lore-wise, uh, the the gods that usually come through as far as love goes, or like big phenomenally, phenomen, uh, phenomenally uh, powered cosmic creatures that uh, are big on love, Hazaret, the uh, the uh, goddess, uh, the god of of honor or strife or whatever, the fervor, and <laughs> Amonkhet was the only one to survive Bolus's um Bolus's uh, takeover in Amonkhet and she's the one that gives the most love uh, and compassion to her subjects and uh, uh-huh. in Mirrodin Urabrask uh, so in Mirrodin everything has been corrupted by Phyrexia 
the only Phyrexian uh, boss creators, they're called, that showed any sign of compassion was Urabrask. Even though he was tainted and corrupted, it's basically like, um, you know, the, the Borg or something, Not, but a little bit more weird about it. Urabrask still knows the golden rule. It still knows, like, hey, um, if they're not doing anything to harm you, why harm them, etc. He's, uh, he's gnarly looking. Yeah, this guy is the one that loves what? the most. <laughs> what a cool... Wow! Yeah. He's, he looks like a... Some like aliens versus predator shit, bro. Yeah, and uh, and that guy's the nicest out of all the creators. <laughs> that guy's that guy's the teddy bear of the creators. I love it. I love the dichotomy of this. Urbrask, MTG, one, the main resistance road. The furnace dwellers look to Urbrask for guidance. Yeah, that's it. I don't. I keep keep reading. <laughs> His degrees and the others. Let them be. See, look at that. This guy is so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, that is, that, that is on the fucking... Oh, man, I'm an idiot. He is pretty cool. Like, like just, 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 looking, just look at the actual card itself. Like, on the card itself, it shows that the red is every other color can be toxic as fuck. Even white can be toxic as fuck. But Urabrask is there going, let them be. Man, what a cool fucking color! I love red, dude. Not enough to play it like exclusively. <laughs> not I love red, but not enough to play it. <laughs> yeah, love, uh, uh, love red. Love everything that red does. It still needs a lot of support from mm. other colors. It has a lot of weaknesses, but goddamn, what what a great color! Just mad respect for red. You know, after this, I, I too have gained a little bit more respect for, for the color that I consider the most unfamiliar color to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you just gotta be honest, man. That's, red is the color of honesty. Um, and that's why a lot of players uh, don't like it sometimes, because it's sometimes a little too brutal, sometimes a little too um, uncouth. It'll it'll tell you you're ugly to your face, and that, that might hurt some people's <laughs> feelings. Yeah. <laughs> But it's the truth. <laughs> oh, well. It is what it is. Yep. But at the end of the day, Red is all about big hugs and big love. And big hit. It just wants to give you a big hug, man. Red just wants to give you a hug. That's all it does. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add, Babla? No, I think actually we have... Thankfully, since Red is the fastest of the colors, I think that this is also... Uh, a very fast episode. We can we can do our uh, what did you do uh, at the end of the week episode thing. You know. Well, what Pablo. About. Yes. <laughs> so, Pablo, what what's been going on uh, uh, over there on your end of the world? Um. Well, I I guess I can't really say anything. Most of the things I've been focusing on was magic. I I think I I mentioned that I've been biking more. Um, mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. I've been pretty good about that. Um, one thing, I, I suppose we'll, we'll get back to magic. One thing that I was doing while preparing for the red episode was just, you know, reading up on red again, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it led me back to Hazret, the, uh, the other, uh, big powerful thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, and I'm very much, I'm very much like right now 
trying to decide if I want to make a Hazoret deck. The problem with the she pro looks so cool. She is cool, and her lore oh. is cool, and everything about her is cool, except for her actual card. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do with this <laughs> with this deck. There's there's like some discard synergy going on, but I don't I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that's uh, that's oh me. Well. Though. What about what about you, Michelle? What's going on with you? Uh, in terms of magic, I mean, I'm boofing up Marisi real quick. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, I figured uh, it should take out some of the extra cats and turn them into a fully fledged goad deck, yeah. make them a little more tuned. You know, you know, uh, you know. Marisi started out as a cat deck, <laughs> and then very quickly, <laughs> the exact same issue that happened with Derby. <laughs> <laughs> I could just be winning. Why am I fucking with these cats? I could just be winning. I could just be doing what Marisi does best. Goad! And so... <laughs> oh, uh, a little Goodbye, aside, cats. A little aside, I found out that Marisi was actually one of uh, Nicol Bolas's pawns. Like, you know, Nicol Bolas, big old uh, villain we talked about in the Black episode. Uh, he He has, like, a bunch of, like, you know weird plans going on in the multiverse at any given moment and at any given uh, time period. Apparently, uh, him uh, tricking Marisi and sowing discard on the uh, the uh, Leonids of Alara was one of those things. Uh, made him easier to... Um, made him easier to conquer when he came back or whatever. Uh, whatever. Nickel Bola stuff. Wow. Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that it mattered, you know, like, like um, uh, a Leonid did in the end beat Nicol Bolas, uh, a Johnny, uh, a Johnny basically beat him up in, um, in Alara, which is, which is cool. Johnny's cool, but he ain't as cool as Marisi, okay? <laughs> Marisi's close in my heart. Um, I think we should wrap up though, don't you, Michelle? Yeah. And since we're ending it, that means I'm gonna be dropping the outro music yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, okay. Well, uh, intro and outro music provided by Kevin McLeod through uh, Creative Commons usage. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, being with us today. Uh, it was a, this was a very fun episode for me, wasn't it for you, Michelle? Oh, I had a good time. I learned a lot about red, and now I'm more inclined to play red. Yeah, and red. you should do it. Red, best color. Uh, do it, do it, do it, guys. Uh, do it, guys. I don't know about best color. Uh, <laughs> maybe not best color, but you know, red passion color. Red passion color. Red fast color. Red fast, and as the uh, red does uh, live fast and die hard, so will this uh, podcast episode. Good night, guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs>